Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Terry Evans will discuss what to know when establishing an on-site health center. Terry is the risk manager for the city of Kingsport, Tennessee. Additionally, she is a past Prima president. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, Prima's education coordinator. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Terry. Who would be interested in having an on-site health center? It's really important that people have a clear understanding of why they would want to have a health center and what they're trying to achieve. Are they trying to manage health care costs? Are they trying to improve wellness? Perhaps they're trying to work within their workers' compensation or on-the-job injury program. They might want to manage some occupational medicine services like post-offer physicals or return-to-work evaluations, maybe their DOT physicals. Those are the kind of folks that might be interested in having an on-site health center. An on-site health center can help slow the rate of health plan cost increases. It can help manage chronic diseases, and it can help you with workplace wellness. What services can an entity expect from a clinic provider? Most clinics can provide general primary care physician services. They operate just like a physician's office. Some will have a dispensary as well, and a dispensary is not like a pharmacy. A dispensary offers at no or low cost to your employees generic non-narcotic medications that oftentimes the employer has some input into determining which medications are offered. They can do laboratory analysis there. They will likely have a contract with an outside lab and can send labs out for further analysis. They can do workers' comp or on-the-job injury-type services. They can provide occupational medicine services, post-offer physicals and things like that, post-offer testing, and they can do DOT physicals. They can also offer things like flu shots, annual physicals, HRAs, and those kinds of things. How would an entity go about choosing a provider? You really need to be able to look at the actual costs under your health insurance plan versus the costs from a clinic provider. You need to be able to compare apples to apples as much as possible. It's helpful if you have the ability to split out the detailed specific costs within your health insurance plan, such as the primary care physician's visits, the urgent care visits, specialist visits, actual labs outside of the primary care physician's office, potentially even the labs inside the primary care physician's office, and then generic medications. They need to track by type of service as well. They need to be able to get all of this information either from their workers' compensation plan, if that's what they're looking to affect, or from their health insurance plan. There are many different kinds of models of clinic services that are out there, so they also will need to determine what is it that they're looking for this provider to do. Some providers will charge an administrative fee and then they take it away. It's a very expensive proposition, but they handle everything. You just pay the administrative fee and they take care of everything. It's more difficult to track your expenses in that manner. It's more difficult to determine whether or not you're seeing cost savings or reduction in your health insurance spend in that manner, but it is the easiest administration. There are some that are standalone clinic providers. That's all they do. 
All they do is provide on-site clinics, and that's all they do. There are some that has maybe a doctor in the region that wants to open one office. He's tired of being in a big group. He wants to offer his services to your entity and open an office, and he'll administer everything, and you pay the administrative fees. Some are peripheral to a doctor's group. Some doctor's groups are interested in offering these services now. Some are run by hospitals, medical groups, and other different types of medical providers. Within those different types of models, some will offer transparent billing with an administrative fee. That means that they'll offer you an administrative fee because, honestly, everybody who's in this business has to make a profit in some fashion. And there are some behind-the-scenes costs that you will not be seeing. But then what you will see would be the bills that you would actually have for your clinic, your supplies, your medications, your provider salaries, those types of things, you would actually see those bills, you would know what they are, and you would pay those bills, or you would pay them to the provider or reimburse them to the provider. Some have a monthly administrative fee that includes salaries and supplies, but doesn't include the labs and the prescriptions. So that everything is rolled in, the administration is rolled in to one fee, but then you pay the additional fee for any labs that are run or prescriptions that are dispensed. And then, of course, there's the all-inclusive type. So it just depends on how you want to set up your clinic and what you want to evaluate. And you need to be able to evaluate the different types of responses that you get. Normally, we would have to do an RFP or an RFQ as a governmental or public sector entity. We would have to do that to get this type of service. And we would have to evaluate them based upon what appears to be the best service for the lowest equitable price within our entity. So it, it is kind of a an evaluatory process, maybe greater than what we're looking at normally, but it is well worth it in the long run if you have a successful program. Are there specific administrative needs the entity needs to be aware of? Absolutely there are. The entities do need to understand health insurance self-funding. You do need to understand a little bit or quite a bit about healthcare delivery. You need to understand how healthcare works in your region. You need to understand HIPAA compliance, which means that you don't want there to be any indication that you're getting any type of protected health information within your office. It is best if you have one person who's in charge of it, one person who is the key role person who works with the clinic. Perhaps that person could be funded through a self-funded health insurance program. If you're doing anything more than just paying the administrative fee and having someone run your clinic, that is. Obviously, you won't necessarily need that if, if you're not. But if you're doing any, any more administration of your clinic, you need to have one person who's in charge of it. Are you going to have facility oversight? Are you building out the facility? Is the facility going to be within your buildings? You actually have to set that up. You need to have IT and rooms and drug testing and all of the medical equipment that they're going to need. You need to make sure that that is there and that's available for them. Are you going to have liability insurance? Who's going to cover the risk factors there, the liability, the malpractice, the administrative expenses, all of those things? Who's in charge? All of that needs to be contracted out. Will the medical providers be employees of your entity or employees of the clinic provider? You need to have audits. 
You need to have inventories done, especially if you have the pass-through and you're the owner of all of this equipment and all of these supplies. Your auditors will want to see that you have annual inventories done, and they'll want to see, just like you would at your fleet or at your central stores or whatever else you might have, they'll want to see the loss and all of that. You'll need to factor that in as well. And then you have the funding streams and the expenditure tracking. How are you going to track whether or not you're having a positive impact on the programs you're trying to impact? What is it you're going to put in play? Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. I would like to take a moment and invite you to Prima's 2019 annual conference, June 9th through 12th in Orlando, Florida. Here are some words from Prima's Meetings Director, Monique Gilliam, regarding Prima's 2019 Annual Conference. If you haven't heard, Prima's Exhibit Booth sales are now open. We are over 50% to capacity and space is filling up fast, so reserve your spot today by visiting www.primacentral.org and clicking the Annual Conference tab. We'll see you in Orlando. To learn more about Prima's 2019 Annual Conference, visit primacentral.org. Do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom? I would say that we all need to be careful when we're looking at putting in an on-site healthcare center in that if anyone tells you that they are going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in the first year, I would question that thoroughly. This is not a way to necessarily reduce expenses. This is a way to reduce the rate of increase on expenses. We all know that healthcare costs are going up. We hear it all the time. We know that the cost of providing services is going up, whether it be through workers' compensation, occupational medicine, or health insurance. The cost of providing those services just keeps going up and up and up. Those costs are reflected in our health insurance premiums, in our workers' compensation premiums, and in the cost that we are charged for our OCMED services. Realizing that those costs continue to increase, this program is not going to reduce those costs. It's going to slow the amount of the increase. Having said that, we have been very successful in Kingsport with ours because of utilization. Utilization is the key. If more employees utilize a lower cost provider than utilizing a higher cost provider out in what is called the marketplace or out in the community, then obviously there's a lower expenditure to your health insurance program or to your workers' compensation program. And how do you get utilization driven? That comes through employee engagement. They need to be comfortable using it. Employees need to feel very comfortable that nobody in HR, nobody in risk management, nobody in employee wellness is going to have any access whatsoever to their personal health information. They need to feel very comfortable that this is a quality set of providers who are there for their benefit, who are there to provide them the best possible services. Quality providers is another big issue. You need to be very judicious in who comes in and represents your entity under your name providing services to your employees. They need to be knowledgeable and they need to be caring and they need to be healthcare providers that you would want to go to. You need to watch out for no-shows. Somehow you need to be able to track your no-shows and determine if there are repeat offenders, we'll call them, who continually no-show their appointments because it's easy and it's quick. Is there going to be some sort of 
penalty for them if they no-show an appointment. You need to determine if you're going to charge a fee at your location, understanding that if you charge something, if you charge a copay for them to go to your clinic, there's an administrative cost to that. You have to have someone there to collect that money and there are financial risks there and where does that money go and how is it, you know, how is it deposited and how is it tracked and, and what are your financial obligations there and how are you going to track that the money that comes in is equal to the number, to the amount of money that you should have received and all of those accounting principles need to come into play as well. You need to watch for overutilization. We personally have not experienced a terrible amount of this, but we have experienced some. There are some people especially if it's less expensive to go to the clinic, and that's generally how you drive utilization is to make it less expensive to, to use your clinic than to go out into the workplace or out into the marketplace. There are some people who will, in fact, go every time they have a hangnail. But those are few and far between in my experience. Now, others may have different experience. You may have to reevaluate how your program is set up if you find that your employees are overutilizing your clinic. And then the physical location is also important. Who can see employees coming and going? Who's going to talk about it? You know, that's something that may not be a big issue in your world, but it was a big issue in our world is, you know, administration is just going to sit there and say, well, there's Bob going to the clinic again. That's not necessarily the reality, but the perception might be there. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind as well. There are many ways that you can encourage utilization. What we do and what works for us but you can do many, many different things. We do not charge a copay for our employees to use the center. Because we are a small town and physically a small town, and you can get to our center within about 15 minutes of anywhere across town, we do not charge our employees sick leave to use the clinic. So that is a benefit on two fronts to them. We do not charge a copay for the prescriptions that are dispensed from the clinic. So the employees are saving money from the copay when they use the clinic. They're saving money from the copay when they get a prescription dispensed to them. Now, granted, it's non-narcotic. It is generic only, and we don't carry a whole lot. They may have to have a prescription written from the clinic to take to the local pharmacy to have filled, and there they would have a copay. But if it's available at the clinic, then they get that prescription with no copay. So there's two ways that the employee can save some money. In addition, they save a little sick time. You know as well as I do, if you go to the doctor's office, you can expect to be away from the office for at least two hours. Here, with a 20-minute appointment at our clinic, or 40, depending on how long it takes or whatever's going on, you can expect to be gone from the office for less than an hour. In most cases, it's, it's about 30 minutes. So the, the cost in sick leave expenditure to the city as a whole was relatively small versus the savings to the health plan to the workers' compensation program. We do a lot of disease management, and that's another way that you can have some cost savings. If you have very robust disease management programs, you will find that that is very beneficial as well. One thing that you do need to be aware of, many people experience an actual increase in their health insurance cost the first year or so, maybe even two or three of their clinic opening. And the reason is because people actually go to the doctor and they have not before. 
So they find underlying medical conditions that they are now getting treated for that they were not getting treated for. What we had asked our providers to do was provide anecdotal information, and it is their opinion. It's their professional opinion, but it's really the only way I could come up with to track it of if this person had continued going on without going to the doctor, and of course it's all de-identified, but if this person had continued to go without medical care for another 10 years, what would their condition have been like and what would the potential costs have been? That allowed us to show that the couple hundred thousand dollar of increase that we had when that employee had to go to a specialist or had to get extra care or potentially even had to have surgery, or in the case of a couple, had to have cancer treatments, had to have bypasses, had to have things like that, that was a small price to pay for what would have happened if that condition had continued on for another 10 years. Now. We are five years in, five and a half years in, actually. We're seeing a a very slow increase in our health insurance costs. So the benefit is the long-term benefit. This is a long game. This is not a short-term, we'll put in a clinic for five years and get over our budget crunch kind of issue. This is a long-term benefit for your employees. I think it's a really good benefit. I think well-structured it's a good benefit. I've learned a lot doing this. I'd never had a clinic before, and I had to learn from the ground up. There's a lot of different options to look at. Thoroughly investigate them. Thoroughly review them. Determine what's going to work for what you want. Determine what will work out for what you need. And if you are in it for the long haul, then pull the trigger. I think it's well worth it, and I think it is a great employee benefit that is also, from an HR perspective, a good employment benefit where you can sell your entity as a good employer to potential employees. It has been a real win-win for us all the way around. We have reached the end of our podcast. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.